Well, last, uh, last week I brought up uh, the Broncos and the Chiefs, and uh, I got a good response when I did that. Uh, I was expecting something, but it was really a good response. So I, I wanted to start by sharing something with you this morning. Are you ready? Yeah. It's starting to sneak in. I still have the Broncos in my heart, but the Chiefs are kind of making their approach down around my ankles. Um, I'm, just, I'm just practicing for the fall. I'm getting ready for the fall. So last Sunday after church, uh, Angela and Haven and I headed over to uh, West Bottoms, where there's all these thrift stores and, and um, uh, antique stores, and we began to go through those, and I found these socks there, and I said, I, got, I have to buy them. I've got to buy them for next Sunday. And uh, it was great being at the thrift stores. I don't know how many of you go to thrift uh, shops, but my kids love them. Uh, you can always find some good finds. Angela and I found some furniture that might re- work really well in our, our new home, and uh, it's just exciting to be there. You can save some money, and uh, we know that it's great to reuse things instead of throwing them in the land, uh, land uh, pile and, and just throwing them away, uh, that you can use them again, and it's just making good use of stuff, and so thrift store uh, shopping is a great way to spend some time. And so we were down there, and I've also heard about the Mission Adelante that you guys are connected with, and Adelante Thrift, and how that thrift store helps its community, how it brings kids and students and adults um, together and helps them to experience God's best for them and, and what his desire is for them and for their neighborhood. And so it's through that thrift store, like a whole community gets blessed. So thrifting is a great thing to do. It's really wonderful. You can save some money. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pay a, a greater price than I need to. I don't want to have to pay full price for socks and dressers. And uh, in a more negative way, there's times in my life when I don't want to pay full price for my connection with God, for my walk with Him. I don't, I don't want to fully sacrifice all that He's called me to. And there's times in my life when I'm tempted to settle for uh, like a thrift store kind of faith. And uh, God's going to call us out on that today as we look at a story uh, in the Old Testament. This morning we sing together, and as I'm singing, I'm lifting my hands, and God, you can have it all. I give you everything. That's our Sunday morning experience, and then Monday morning rolls around, and, and God invites us to see a neighbor and, and serve a neighbor in some way, or we're reminded of a family member that needs something from us or could use an encouraging word from us. And instead of, God, I give you everything, suddenly it becomes, ah, I'm kind of busy today. Or I, I got a lot going on. Or that feels like that will be a little awkward. I don't know them that well yet. I'm not sure I'm going to do that thing that you're inviting me to do. These are times when I'm tempted to settle for that thrift store kind of faith. A faith that doesn't cost me as much um, as I'm following Jesus. I might look righteous, but it really doesn't expect that much of me. And that's something that we do as followers of Jesus. Jesus said, come on with me. He said, die with me. Lay down your life. Carry your cross. And, and sometimes we'll stand at a little bit of a distance and you know, nod, but back away from that kind of price tag. And so I want to look at the story of Abraham, one of the Old Testament patriarchs, and, and how God called him to make a sacrifice and lay his life down. We're going to look at Genesis 22. And you see that as we think about sacrifices, we think about laying those things down, we, we want to feel that blessing, uh, but not get stressed out by it. Feeling blessed, never stressed. That's how the song goes. And, and then we open up the New Testament and James, it says, consider it pure joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So if you had a choice between a test and getting blessed, it's no contest, right? We want the blessing, not the testing. So Abraham reveals to us a different way to live life, a different kind of faith that allows God to move deeply into his life and challenge him in new and different ways and and calls him to full surrender to his creator God. And and we come to find out that that's so much better than uh, a cheap faith. 
So look at uh, Genesis 22. If you've got your Bibles or have your Bible app, open up to Genesis 22, verses 1 through 14. And we're just going to invite the Spirit of God to teach us this morning through Abraham's story. Chapter 22, verse 1, starts with these words, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. When I read that, uh, this is towards the end of Abraham's life, I think, well, hadn't he already been tested? Hadn't God already tested Abraham in so many different ways? For 10 chapters, since chapter 12, we've been reading his story, and it starts out with God saying to Abraham, I want you to take your family and all that you own, and I want you to move. I want you to come to a new land. I want you to leave what you know and move to someplace you don't know, the promised land, from Haran all the way down to Cana. Now, my family and I just moved here from Denver. We traveled about 600 miles east, and Abraham was called to move about 745 miles from Haran all the way down to the promised land. I Google mapped it just to check the mileage. 745 miles he called Abraham to move. And Abraham, you know how old he was when this happened? He's about 75 years old when God called him to do this. Now, that seems like a test to me, that he would call out Abraham to do that. When Abraham was 99 years old, God said to him, you're going to have a, you're going to have a son. I'm going to give your, you and your wife uh, a son, and he's going to be the one to carry on uh, your legacy and your, your work in the world. At 99 years old, Abraham believed him. That seems like that's a test. Yes, me. Be kind of empty nesters for so long, and then, okay, we're going to have a kid at 99. That same year, God said to Abraham, I'm, I want to change your name from Abram to Abraham. From Abram to Abraham. That seems like a test to me. I mean, you know, having to go get your new driver's license with the new name on it, you know, and tell all your friends when you're 99, don't call me Abram anymore, now I'm Abraham. You've got to switch that up. I have a hard enough time when we go into a new year changing that date at the end of the dates, you know, when you write them down. I can't imagine having to write a whole new signature with a new name. That seems like a test to me. And here, God comes to Abraham and he says, I'm, I'm going to call you out one more time. I want to I test you and call you to do something different. Abraham had finally got everything settled. He was in this new land. He, he had his son. Uh, things were looking like things that he was just going to kind of coast through the rest of his life. And God comes and calls him out again. And, and he doesn't call Abraham to sacrifice some allotment of money. He doesn't call him to give up his favorite coffee mug or walking stick. He doesn't even ask Abraham to lay his own life down. He says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice everything. I want you to give up all the promises that I've given to you. Verse 2, he says, take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Now, Isaac represented all the promises that God had given to Abraham. All the good things that God had done in his life were represented in his son, Isaac. God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you many uh, descendants. And Isaac was the first that was going to carry that on. He said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a place to call home. And Isaac was the one that was going to inherit that land. And God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless the entire world through you. And Isaac was the one that was going to carry that blessing forward. And so God said to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice all of that and lay it down. It's almost like God was saying to Abraham, I, I want to see, are you willing to follow me when there's nothing in it for you? Are you willing to be obedient to me when, when you don't have any benefits? There's no benefits to kind of move you forward. Up to this point, all the promises that God, all the things that God had called Abraham to do, there was a covenant promise to kind of give a benefit for Abraham, to kind of keep him motivated. And now at this point, it was like he was saying, Abraham, are you going to have a thrift store kind of faith? Are you going to have a cheap kind of faith? Or are you going to go all in? Are you going to lay it all down and trust that I'm with you and that I've got you? Let's look at the story here, Genesis 22, and if you look at verse 1, and we're going to read around about to verse 14, I'll stop and make some comments every once in a while, but follow along with me. 
Genesis 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. I love the response there, here I am. That's the response of a servant saying, I'm ready to do whatever it is you want me to do. It's the response that Esau had when his father called him. When Jacob was wrestling with the angel of God, this was his response, here I am. Samuel, the first time he heard God's voice, he said, here I am. It's also the posture Jesus takes when he comes to us. Here I am, I stand at the door. I'm ready to respond, I'm ready to listen. In verse two, then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Morah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So Abraham receives this terrible news. Here's what I want you to do. And how long did it take Abraham to get up the courage, to get up the strength to respond to what God was saying to him? You know, if, if I had heard this, I probably would have gathered a few people with me and said, hey, would you pray with me about this? I have this feeling God wants me to, would you check it with me? How long does it take Abraham to get the courage? It says the next morning, right? The next morning he begins to make preparations and he doesn't even sleep in. It says early the next morning he got up and he began to respond to God's call in his life. Verse four, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance and he said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I go and the bo- with the boy over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Now Abraham knows what God's called him to do, but he says we We'll come back to you. That's, that's a statement of faith, but how much did Abraham believe it? Was he convinced of that? Was, where was the emphasis in that statement? We, we, was it, we will come back to you? Was there confidence when Abraham spoke? Or was there more questions around this? Was it, we will come back to you? You know, I hope, maybe. In the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews summarizes this story for us. And as he's summarizing it in verse 19 of chapter 11, he says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So the writer of Hebrews helps us understand Abraham said this with with conviction. He said, we will come back to you. He believed that even if he was faithful and obedient and he took his son's life, that God would bring Isaac back and give him back to him, that his life would go on. Abraham had strong belief in this. He was able to do this You know, I I think about how could he receive this word and then begin to make preparations? How could he gather the wood? How could he build the altar? Can you imagine Abraham sharpening the knife, knowing what God had called him to do? How could he do that? It's because Abraham had experience with God. This wasn't the first time God had called him out and invited him into a challenging thing. This wasn't the first time God had said, I want you to do something that isn't easy. Abraham had journeyed with God before He had moved those hundreds of miles from his home. There were times when Abraham was in prison and he trusted that God was with him and was going to bring him out. When he took a shortcut, Abraham and Sarah, when they took a shortcut and tried to make this family thing happen outside of God's plan, Abraham experienced God's grace and forgiveness and a second chance. This wasn't the first time Abraham had walked with his father God and found him faithful and good and able Why is it that we're able to sacrifice our lives? Why are we able to surrender to God? It's because we have experience with Him. Many of you have seen God show up in your life in powerful ways. You've been through difficult seasons and God has been there next to you, walking with you. You've sensed His presence. He's spoken to you about that. He's invited you to do challenging things and you've you've done them and found out that God will walk you through those times, that He will not leave you alone. He'll bring His people around you. He'll, He'll encourage you in His word. 
God is faithful to us. And some of you maybe are newer to uh, this faith thing. You're newer to what God is doing in your life and God's calling you out and, and you're, not, you're unsure. It feels dangerous. It feels a little risky to you. And I just want to encourage you. You can, you can borrow my faith. You can borrow the faith of those around you and believe when we say that God is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is good. No matter what it is he's calling you to, he will be with you in it. He will walk you through it. You can trust him. Abraham speaks with faith. We will come back. Look at verse verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, said said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Abraham says, God, God will provide. I love Isaac here. Isaac's no dummy. He's, he's walking with his dad. He's like, where is the sacrifice? This isn't the first time he's been involved in sacrificing an animal as a way of honoring God in the life of his people. Um, 3,500 years ago, this is how they said thank you to God. They would offer sacrifices. So he's with his dad and they, he knows they're going to make a sacrifice. And he's like, where's the, where's the animal? Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide. God will provide. It's, it's the name that he would later call the mountain they're climbing up. This is the mountain God will provide. And it comes from the language that Moses wrote this, this passage in. The, the word here is raha, which is used hundreds of times in the Old Testament. And often it's translated to see or to notice, to be able to see. And, and, and so when Abraham says God will provide, he's saying God sees. God sees what is needed and God will see to it. It's sort of our English way of saying, I will see to it. You know, when a friend says, hey, bring the pizza when you come over and you say, I will see to it. That's what you say, right? When you're talking to your friend. (laughs) I will see to it. No, we say, yeah, I'll take care of it. I'll do it. So I will see to it. Same kind of an idea. Raha means I will, it is seen, it is known. God sees and he knows and he will provide. Isaac is like, "I, I don't see it. I don't understand what's going on. Abraham, he's not even fully sure. He's like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I can't see how this story is going to end. And Abraham says, but God, God will provide. Raha, he, he will see. He sees all that is needed. And he will, he's with us and he's going to provide what is needed. Even when, when we can't see, God sees. Sight is so important for us to be able to see what's happening in our lives. It's one of the reasons why sacrifice is so difficult, while surrendering to God is so challenging, because we're saying to him, I don't know what's going to happen and, and I'm going to trust that you do. I can't control what I'm seeing in front of me. I can't even see what is there, but you can, and I'm going to trust. And so many of you walk in this way, this way of faith, trusting that God is with you, that he will provide, that he can see everything taking place. And it allows you to sacrifice and surrender to him. The last two weeks, I've heard so many great stories from Hillcresters about ways that that God is calling them to, to lay their lives down, ways that he's using you to bless your neighbors and your your places you work at school, and, and, and God is working through you. I've heard so many great stories. I've asked Harriet if she would come up this morning and share a bit of her story with us this morning. So Harriet, you want to come up? And um, she has a great story that she and Chris have encountered lately. So, and this should, this should work this time. <laughs> so, yeah. so Harriet, tell us. Um, is it on? Okay, well, I have loud voice also. Well, let's just try, just hold it up there and eventually I bet you it'll click over. So Harriet, okay, so thank you for coming up. Uh, when you think about surrender, how has God been inviting you and your family to surrender lately? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a teacher at Urban Christian Academy, which is a tuition-free 
private Christian school on Prospect and 80th. So I have the unique privilege of serving um, kids and their families on the east side of Kansas City. And one of the ways that I've been able to serve is Chris and I, we actually have a student who lives with us Monday through Friday. So during the school week, he stays at our house and then I take him to school with me. Yeah. And uh, so you're helping this family that has a challenge getting the student to school and, you're, and he's able to stay with you. So how, what are some specific ways you felt that sacrifice? What, what does it cost you yeah. guys as a family? I think any time that you know, you're inviting a, a person in to stay with you, there, there's a financial burden, but I think the biggest um, you know, sacrifice that our family has made has really been in terms of like time and emotional burden. Um, kids have a lot of needs, they just do. Mm-hmm. And so lots of dishes, laundry, lots of snacks, all of that. Uh, it sounds like me. I think adults have a lot of needs, too. <laughs> I imagine my wife has to do that. Uh, so um, what has God been teaching you in this season? So as you've made this sacrifice and, and chosen to open your home to this student, um, how have you seen God speaking to you about that? What has he been yeah. teaching you? I think really what I've learned is that um, true, true joy and, and true living is really found in the midst of sacrifice. And I think, um, how merciful is it that God doesn't even need us to show up in order for his will to be done, Mm. and yet he invites us in to be a part of it and to take part in it and to get to be a witness, you know, have a front row seat, if you will, to the beauty and the magic that that is his kingdom Mm. um, alive in others. Yeah. Can we say thanks to Harriet for sharing her story this morning? Thank you. Thanks, Harriet. You guys could share your own stories. This morning is our, our World Vision Chosen Sunday, where some of you who signed up to, uh, to be chosen by a, a kid over in Africa so that you can support him and his community, you're going to find out today who it is that chose you. Uh, out in the lobby there, you can stop and find your envelope and, and meet this child that you've said, I'm going to support and I'm going to be part of their life. And, and that's going to call sacrifice out of you, surrender out of you. It's going to, it's, obviously there's that financial piece, but like Harriet said, there's a deeper kind of sacrifice of just thinking of that child and praying for him and his family and his community and sending letters and taking time to do that. This is the kind of things that, that God calls us into as his kids, as his children. So if we go back to the, the story here, we're going to go back to verse 9 and, and read through the end here and see how does this story end. Verse 9, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged arranged the wood on it. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Again, those words of someone who is following their leader, here I am. Verse 12, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Abraham reveals to us that his faith is not cheap. He's not going to settle. He's not looking for loopholes. He's not going to settle for a thrift store kind of faith. He's ready to lay it all down to sacrifice what is most important to him, all while trusting that God would be faithful, that God would provide. Our faith in God will cost us something. It will require us to open our hands and release everything that we hold valuable while trusting that God 
sees, that he is aware of what is happening in our lives. Did you notice in this passage that there's three times where Abraham's son, Isaac, is called his son, his only son? Two times in this passage, one more time, a little couple verses later, three times, his son, his only son. Does it remind you of any other son in Scripture? Right, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave us his son, his only son. Isaac is, is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Isaac, the beloved son of Abraham, is a, an echo of God's beloved son, Jesus, in the New Testament. Both of them uh, were beloved sons. Both carried the wood for the sacrifice on their back. Both were innocent, following the instructions of their fathers. Both knew a lamb was required for the altar. But God, he didn't take his son off the altar. Jesus didn't come down off that cross. He paid the price. He died so that my rebellion, my sin could be made right, so that my separation from God could be healed and I could be connected to my father again. Jesus paid that price for us. And then he came back to life. Abraham had expected that if Isaac had died, he would come back to life. Well, Jesus actually lived that out and showed us what real life looks like. Will you follow God? Will you surrender your life to the leadership of Jesus Christ? Abraham walked with that kind of faith. He was prepared to give up his son for the promises of God. And because God wanted, he wanted God more than anything else. He wanted God more than wealth, more than health, more than answers to his deepest questions. He wanted to experience God's best in his life. And he trusted him. I'm going to invite Daniel and the worship team to come back up here with me. They're going to introduce us to a song called Have It All by Brian Johnson. And it's a, a song that calls us to turn everything over to God, to give it all to him, to follow the example of Jesus. And I want you to listen to this song and allow it to speak to you. As you take a moment just to reflect on the sacrifices that Abraham made and this call that God has for us to lay our lives down, would you just listen to the song and allow yourself to reflect on that? And, and perhaps you want to, as you're sitting there, you can hold your hands open and just lay them on your lap. It's sort of a posture of saying, God, I'm open to you. Spirit of God, I want to hear from you. You can put anything in. You can take anything out. I'm going to hold my hands open and, and just listen for what God might say to you in, the, in these moments as the song is played. And then I'm going to come back up and, and we'll finish the story together. Every part of my world Take this life and breathe on This heart
say we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We should lay down all that we are and choose to fully surrender to God. There was a time when King David, the greatest king in the Old Testament, wanted to make an offering to God, wanted to say thank you to him. And there was a man in the village where he was that said, I've got an ox that you can have to make that sacrifice. I'll just give it to you. You don't get any cheaper than that, right? That's free. And David said to him, no, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of holding on and trying to control my life. I'm I'm tired of wondering why I don't have a more passionate faith or why God doesn't work through me in more powerful ways. I'm ready to surrender everything to his leadership in my life and trust that when he calls me and gifts me that he will do what he wants to do, that he sees everything. Are you ready to let go of the fear and the worry? Are you ready to release the anger against that person that hurt you? Wouldn't you want to be free from the addiction that is separating you from your family and from your friends? Aren't you ready to admit that you really don't have control over this life and that you're going to trust that God has control, that he has all that you need? If any of that is resonating with you right now, if the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, I want to pray for you right now. I want to ask that God would help you to let go, to release these things, to sacrifice, to surrender all that you are to him. If God is speaking to your heart, you know it, you sense it. Maybe you see that person he's asking you to forgive or that thing he's asking you to lay down. And I want to pray for you. And I want to ask you to do something maybe a little challenging because I, I believe when the Spirit of God is shifting something in our hearts that when we have that spiritual change happening and then we take a physical action that it actually becomes more transformational, that God actually uses it in a more powerful way. So if if you have a sense that the Spirit of God is speaking to you this morning about that, I'm just going to ask you to stand up so I can pray for you and pray over you. If you're watching at home, I'm going to ask you to stand up off your couch so that I can pray for you and pray over you this morning. So if you just want to stand up and I want to pray for you and lift up what God is doing in your heart right now. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Let's pray together. Let's talk to God together. Father God, we thank you that you are good and faithful. I lift up these friends. I lift up these brothers and sisters that are desiring to see you move in their life in a new way. They want to have you, Spirit of God, call them out and help them to live in a way that that you're calling them to. Whatever it is that's holding them back, Lord, I pray that you would give them courage and strength to lay it down, to believe that you are the God who sees, that you are aware of all that they are encountering, and that you are faithful and good, and they can trust you. Lord, we thank you that you offer us life, life to the fullest, abundant life. And as long as we stay connected to you, as long as we remain in you, you will live that life through us. So we surrender ourselves to you afresh today, Father God. Invite you to to do your work in us and through us. We want to be the light of the world. We want to see our neighbors and friends and family members changed because of your love for them. So allow us to shine that out today, this week. Thank you for this time together. We lift it all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his all for us. It's in his name we pray. 
I want to invite you all to stand now. And uh, Daniel's going to lead us into this time of singing as a benediction, as a way of sending us out. So sing out with him now.